Oh, we are in. Nice. This, this is fancy. This is my jam. Yeah. Fancy. <laughs> uh, is that a camera? Full disclosure. Full disclosure. First podcast ever. So that's a hard drop on the sound. That is pretty hard, hard drop. Hard you drop. Maybe faded it in and out. Yeah, yeah. there's no time for that. <laughs> that's too much work. Awesome. You know me, I'm very tech savvy, Chris. Mm-hmm. You've known me for a while, so I'm actually really surprised this is not on fire. Yeah, well, it's only been 40 seconds, so give it a few more minutes. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, cool, man. Well, everybody, uh, this is John Evanson, realtor with Revelation Real Estate. Um, we're going to do a, a Dads in Real Estate podcast today, interviewing Chris Fisher, who was a dad a couple of years ago. Two yeah. years now has it been? Yeah, almost uh, two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. So two and a half years. Um, dad in real estate. So <clears throat> let's just fire this off since we only have about 20 minutes. I don't want to bore people to death. But I got some good stuff from, from Chris. I've known Chris for many years. Um, you have like an insane amount of Facebook followers. Yeah. Uh, like what, like 10 or 20 million? <laughs> Not quite that <laughs> Um Personally, I have, I don't know, like a half million, but I manage uh, with other platforms and things that I do about 3.4 million. Which is insane. So what does manage mean? How does that, uh, what, what exactly does that mean? It's essentially, it just means that um, various platforms and various uh, influencers that I've either helped grow over their time or just come to know, and they've come to re- kind of respect my opinion on how to mm-hmm. how to do things with Facebook. So they've uh, invited me to be an administrator on their pages um, and to help with their strategy and and their social, um, I guess, management. Okay, which makes total sense. Um, in, in regards to what I've seen, uh, <laughs> some of the Facebook groups you've created from scratch where you were the admin, um, oh, oh, excellent referral for real estate agents in all different states uh, yeah. where you've put together such a good network where you don't even have to interview agents pretty much anymore. Right. You got? Do you have an agent in every state? Yeah. Yeah, I would say... I don't know that I have anybody in Alaska, actually. But <laughs> well, so if there's any Alaska agents that come across yeah. this. Hey, any Alaskans that want to be part of the referral network? <laughs> well, let's talk about what the referral network is, Chris. I know this, this is getting a little bit deeper than I wanted to originally, but the referral network, I want everybody to understand, with real estate, you can sell real estate in other states. You just have to be either licensed or you can refer it to an agent in another state where you actually are still part of the process, right? So what would you tell somebody who's like a new agent that is trying to start business and is from another state, right? Yeah. How do you build that referral? One, you have to have to build credibility with people that, that know you um, when they're from other places. So one of the things that I did, pretty early on was um, incorporate my Facebook into what I was doing in real estate so that 
people who didn't necessarily have the ability to use me as their real estate agent still saw me as a real estate expert and, and made it very clear to them that no matter where they are, I could help them uh, by helping them find somebody that knew what they were doing. And so I get a pretty constant influx of people reaching out to me um, and, and just saying, hey, you know, I'm in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Can you help me find an agent? And, and that's a really, really good source of business for me. Right now I'm sending out anywhere between four and 30 referrals a month. Um, and, and, you know, when, you, when you're talking 25% of a deal and you're sending out 30 referrals and maybe five of them close, you know, based on what they are, uh, but that's five deals that close. That's a that's a good deal in a quarter, essentially. Right. And, closed. And, and for those of you that aren't real estate agents and wondering what that 25% means, it doesn't mean that they're paying any extra fees. That 25% is pre-negotiated before the client ever goes out. So, right. so it doesn't affect what you're paying for the house. And, and essentially, it probably makes it better because now you've got – Mm-hmm. Chris Fisher, if, if you haven't seen him, he's five foot eight, 150 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, he's like six five. Are you? Is somebody yeah. here? Come on yeah. in. I think they're bringing me my chicken farm. Oh, there it is, chicken farm. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you. Um, that's how he keeps up his figure with that chicken parm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but having somebody just have your back. Um, for instance, if you're a person buying a home, you don't know any agents, but you know Chris Fisher. Mm-hmm. You call Chris. Chris says, hey, I've already vetted these people. Send them your way. Right. Right. And and just knowing that you're policing it. Yeah. Um, which I want to just kind of, since we said policing it, let's talk about where you, where you came from because – Quite the transition, Chris. Uh, you go from kicking indoors and SWAT and narcotics, and, and I, you've told me some stories about how you were partnerless <laughs> at 3 a.m. in Alabama, and yeah. <laughs> uh, some of the stories are pretty crazy. So how do you go from from <clears throat> just being an ass kicker to, to kicking ass yeah. in real estate? I was about to say, what makes you think I'm not an ass kicker? <laughs> oh, anymore? you're still an ass kicker, just kicking ass. I reversed yeah. it. Right, right. Um, no, it's, it was a pretty interesting transition because, you know, um, you went from everybody you met being, it being the worst day of their life to everybody you met generally being pretty happy most of the time, mm-hmm. unless something crazy happens. Um, so it was a weird transition, but I, I always say that, you know, law enforcement uniquely prepared me for real estate simply because I became very comfortable asking people I didn't know questions that were none of my business. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's good. Um, okay, so just just some inspiration for those that maybe are thinking about getting into real estate and have no background in sales, you know, maybe are introverted, maybe just don't have those types of talents. What would you recommend somebody do in that scenario? Now, I know you didn't have sales experience necessarily in selling uh, or uh, policing, but you kind of are selling right, the yeah. scenario, right? right you're, yeah. you're, you're, I, was, I was selling all kinds of stuff, <laughs> selling, you know, giant drunk guys. Just so everybody knows, not there. selling drugs, yeah. not right. selling drugs. This is well. just a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, for one, I think joining a team can really jumpstart your career. Um 
you and I both chose a different path, and we had to learn a lot of things the hard way. Um, so I think I think joining the team can really help you there. But um, short of that, just um, surrounding yourself with people that know what they're doing and people that are teachers, um, finding a good mentor, not, not even necessarily somebody you had to pay, but somebody you can call and ask questions to and learn how to do the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's uh, very much important. I, I will say the tutoring thing is probably the utmost important thing that you could possibly get as a new agent, regardless of your background. What's going on? I'm eating a French fry covertly. That's okay. It's okay, Chris. You can eat and talk. <laughs> um, oh, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, here. The audience is here yeah. for you, Chris. Um, so let's talk. Okay. Audience is still there. I, I got to learn how to fade this in and out. The crowd just won't leave. The crowd won't leave Chris alone. Mm-hmm. They love him. Um, okay. What do you know now? that you wished you would have known when you started? What, what's the number one, if you had to pick one thing out? Hands down, um, it's, it's find a CRM and put everybody and everything you do into it. <laughs> so, so managing your CRM. Absolutely. So Absolutely. what everyone else isn't doing. Yeah. It's, on a regular basis. I'm not saying they right, don't do no. it at all. but it's, it's essentially, you know, when you first start out and you have one client, you can remember everything about that client. You remember their kids' names. You remember where they're from. You remember uh, what's important to them, what they like and what they don't. But when you're managing a database of 400, you can't possibly do that. So learn the practices early. Put everything into your database. Right on. Wow, that's good advice. Uh, just just out of curiosity, Chris, what what's the amount of, of your database right now currently? Um. Well, it depends. Cause in I'm, your CRM. Let's not count your Facebook groups <laughs> and your, but let's yeah. just talk about relation management tools. So I, I try to keep it um, as tight as possible. Um, I don't put leads, like old leads and stuff like that are not in my database or they're in a different part of my database. But okay. the people that I actually manage, I keep a list of, you know, about 400, somewhere in there, three, 400. Okay. I try to keep it pretty tight and purge people who I'm not. So you're not soliciting just every warm body that comes around that you get a phone and email from. It's much more than just plugging names in there. They need to have some no. yeah. credibility. So, how know, does how do you make the list for Chris Fisher? How do you get into the CRM? Well, there there are very different ways of doing real estate. And my particular way of doing is it is very relational. So for you to be in my CRM, you're somebody that I know that I'd recognize in a grocery store. You're somebody that I like, you know, we've all done business with people we just don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't keep you in my database if I don't like you. Um, you're somebody that I'd want to send, you know, a birthday card to, or I'd, I wouldn't mind inviting over for dinner, you know, things like that. So people that are that meet that criteria are people that I keep in my keep in my database. I stay in touch with them. I make sure to reach out to them a few times a year, just so they don't forget me and 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 try to do things that way. And I think that that's interesting, Chris, because your your follow-up even if they're not clients just being friends or part of a group like you travel all over the place Mm -hmm. you've got this you were doing homes for heroes for a while you've got haley's heroes which is about a a young girl that had leukemia or something Uh, yeah she had she had diamond black fan anemia but she beat that now she has osteosarcoma so has that been confirmed yes 
So so we're back at it. We got to go back to battle. Yeah, she's she's <clears throat> she's fighting again. They're actually going to amputate her leg in uh, in May uh, mm. to try to get it out. So, oh man. So we need to uh, we need to put a plug on Haley's Hero so everybody can go. What, what's the website or where can they donate or where oh. can they even get into and try to make a difference? If they will, if they will just go to Facebook and look up Haley's Heroes. It's H A L L I E S Haley's Heroes. Okay, you can find it that way. Okay, good. Um, amazing story. Amazing. Oh, girl. the story's insane. I've been following it for <clears throat> quite some time, and I even signed up for the registry and all that stuff. And funny you should say that. So you know, she was looking for the bone marrow donor. I just talked to her her people last week, and they told me that. You know, since she started at seven years old, she started her own nonprofit with her mother, of course. Um, since that happened, she's 10 now. She has saved 97 lives. That's insane. I was a cop for 12 years, did a lot of amazing things. I have not saved 97 lives. Well, not directly. <laughs> not that you know of, but oh, yeah. <laughs> but that, I mean, that is an impressive number. And just the fact that she's such a go-getter and she's got such a great attitude. And I, I can't even imagine. I don't even know. Um, I know my wife's mom had leukemia and she did the same thing, had the stem cell and it was successful and, and knock on wood, it's been cancer free up to this date. Nice. But every couple of, you know, twice a year, I think they go in and they get probed and checked. And I know it's always just a hard time because you just never know what's going to happen. Go ahead and smash that dude. <laughs> um, all right, let's, what drives your curiosity, Chris? What, what, what is it that keeps you moving? What are you trying to get at? I don't know, man. Um, what drives my curiosity? That's a really good question. Um, I think in general, I'm just a curious person. I want to know what's, uh, how everything works, how to, how to do everything. I'm never really satisfied. I, I collect hobbies. You know, I don't. <laughs> Woodworking is one of them, yeah. which you've gotten quite good at, well, I might I, add. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, um, since we hacked off your hand yeah, last time, remember that was a that was a very poor <laughs> poor judgment on my part. It's the learning scars. <laughs> yeah. The hand still doesn't quite work the same. <laughs> it looks right. fine. But, you can't yeah, even tell. Right. <laughs> really, you can tell. <laughs> but yeah, I collect hobbies, and I just uh, constantly try to meet new people, do new things, and it, you know, it kind of works out. That's awesome, and 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 I I feel the same. That's I think that's why we related so well. Mm -hmm. um, those of you that don't know, Chris and I uh, ran a team together for a couple of years. Uh, still good friends. We both just had different paths that we that we wanted to take. So um, there's no bad blood there or anything. But mm -hmm. but just what we had when we were together, it was like being one person. It was almost like being married. We had checking accounts together, and <laughs> we paid our bills together, and <laughs> yeah. we had an LLC together. Actually, you may have had more possessions than my <laughs> wife did. Uh, but yeah, learning experience and, and the curiosity thing to me is just, I can't ever get enough. I right. have to absorb if, if I know how to do something, there's gotta be a better way to do it eventually. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think that's what keeps you moving all the time. And I think what's really, uh, what's, what's really driving success is when you realize that there is always a better way to do something and you don't have to be the person to figure that's it out. That's a hard, that's you know, a hard pill yeah, for a lot of yeah, people, right. Chris, to say, yeah. Hey, you know what? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, you know, finding somebody else that does know what the hell they're doing and then stealing whatever they're doing. <laughs> Not stealing, uh, borrowing. Uh, Reappropriate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Redistribute. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, Chris, what have you failed at? Huh. Come on. Huh. 
Let's get the list out. Yeah, let's get it out. Uh, you know, I've made, I've made, you know, I've always been kind of a serial entrepreneur. I've tried a bunch of different things. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. Um, some of them cost me a considerable amount of money. <laughs> uh, right, you know, I'm, I'm still heavily involved in law enforcement. What's more painful, losing the money or, or failing? Failing. Uh, so the money, it's just not a big deal as much as yeah. just having that feeling of just doom right when yeah. it goes down it's just like oh what did i do you know i felt but, that way when i tried to pass this real estate exam like 10 times and kept <laughs> failing it it took yeah. me over a year to finally get right. it done but it, and i had to even renew my course right and do it all over again because i waited so long but but yeah i'm sorry keep going on that chris yeah but um one example of a of a pretty massive failures of a friend of I and I started a business um, or the business is still going, but we created an app mm-hmm. and uh, we got kind of swindled a little bit. Uh, mm. the, the developer company that we hired to build the app had an address in Boston. Uh, but strangely enough, every time I talked to somebody, uh, it was like three o'clock in the morning and they spoke Vietnamese. <laughs> so <laughs> so either they're, the they're in a Boston space. strip club yeah. answering your calls or they're not right. from the States. So it, it turns out that they were a, a, uh, a Vietnamese company and they, um, wow. Uh, they took us for a lot of money trying to get the, this app developed and uh, it ended up never working. We ended up scrapping the whole project and going back to a previous version, but that was a pretty big failure of, of tens of thousands of dollars for oh. the toilet. <laughs> oh, my heart just sank into my stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, failure is a necessary evil, right? Oh, How do you get to know what you're really capable of doing until you push it to that limit? Sure. So many people are, which brings me to my next topic, being part-time, full-time real estate designation, mm-hmm. right? As an agent, uh, I see a lot of agent on agent bashing for people that maybe have another job or they have, they're making a salary somewhere else, or they have benefits from a, from some type of career they've been working in for 20 years Mm -hmm. and people freak out when people don't just drop it all and throw it all away and say, well, I got to get into real estate. It's all or nothing. It's sink or swim. It's, you know, we're either going through the rock or we're going to be, we're going to be in the rock. Yeah. So I just, I don't, I'm curious to know what your standpoint is on that because you've been on both sides. You were in the beginning, you came in, you may have had the best luck I've ever seen anybody get uh, <laughs> at an open house in December when you might've been the only real estate agent that sold a house in December, um, walked in and bought a house from you. Right. And and you were getting some early traction and then it kind of tapered off and you, and you did get another job at a dealership. Mm-hmm. So Obviously, that was consuming a lot of your time, but did how did you leverage that? How did you make that fit? Well, the dealership I didn't leverage. I was working like seventy hours a week at the dealership. That was a terrible decision. Um, I just panicked. My wife, you know, found out she was pregnant, and I knew that I didn't have any deals in the pipeline, so I panicked and took a job. It was it, that was another um, drastic overreaction. Uh, but as far as other stuff, you know, I've always owned businesses. I own four now um, while selling real estate. You have to manage your time very specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be very on purpose about what you do with your time. And then, so the stereotypical part-time agent could be anybody that's working another job or has another business because yeah. essentially you're you're yeah. not working forty hours a week. Right. And everybody has this this idea that if you need to be success if you want to be successful, you got to work forty hours. Now, 
you and I, we work like 80 hours a week, <laughs> yeah. but it's distributed amongst right. many. It's almost like a portfolio right. where you don't put all your eggs in one basket and you're playing the heavy market, you're playing the stable market and you're playing some easy. And I feel like if you're not agents out there that are struggling, specifically new agents are listening to these people that are telling you, you have to quit your job. Right. <clears throat> well, I think, I think one thing you have to have to consider is the success rate of people who, who don't quit their job because not, there are a lot of people out there that can't um, really dial in and do the extra work that it takes to have a, a full-time job and be a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. But there are also those people that can. And I think, I think a lot of um, companies tend to throw out the baby with the bathwater there because that, you know, they say you can't work for us unless you, you know, you to go full. I time. had seven people turn me down. Yeah. Right. Right. In the beginning. <laughs> and the only one that took me was the one brokerage that basically was just cattle call. Yeah. They were hiring anybody that could talk. Right. So, I mean, that is crazy to think that somebody should just uproot their entire model mm -hmm. at another job or career or salary position or a business and just go, oh, no, you know what? If I got to go all or nothing in here. And I think that puts a lot of unnecessary pressure to make a sale on people that maybe aren't ready to buy or sell, right? Right. Because whose motivation are you really working on? You know, yeah. not to question any ethics or anything to do with agents. I'm just stating the obvious here. When you're struggling, you need to make your mortgage. You know you have to sell. Right. Now, yes, it will make you work harder, <laughs> but it'll also escalate certain areas where maybe somebody wants to use you for 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. And buy a house every five years from you. But because the first experience was so rushed, mm -hmm. you lost that pipeline. But people only see in the now. They don't see the residual you know, you build that relationship, you're buying them wine baskets, you're taking them out to dinner, you got these closing gifts, you're, you're helping them move their house out, you're painting for them, you know, you're connecting them to handymen and stuff like that. That's the, that's the realtor, right? That's, you're not just buying and selling, house. you're not just opening the door. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell anybody that asks, I've never sold the house. They don't, they, <laughs> my input has nothing to do with whether or not somebody buys or sells a house. And I can tell you within the first 30 seconds whether or not they're going to buy a house if they walk into it. Right. Um, what I sell is a relationship. What I sell is protection. What I, what, what I sell is taking care of people and making sure that they're, um, they're doing the right things. And I'm, you know, I'm showing them pitfalls and problems that they may not recognize that, that are out there, um, essentially just protecting them. Um, as far as when you know, a, a new agent coming in, I don't want to say, you know, oh, yeah, you can you can definitely keep your job and jump into real estate and make plenty of money in real estate because not everybody can do that. Um, so there are people out there that need to quit their job and, and jump into real estate with both feet. But those people need to be in a really secure place. You know, they need to have six months of reserves. They, mm -hmm. need, to, they need to be prepared to work like it's a full-time job because – we all know the numbers. What is it like 80 something? Oh, it's, something it's tragic that, that it's don't renew their license. But let's look at that. If you talk to all these people, how many times do we sit down and interview an agent to join the team? And they come on and said, Oh, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, you know, um, I'm going to call my friends and I don't know, you know, I got, all this, I want to go play golf, you know, three times a week. And, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it's yeah, unless you're golfing with somebody business. buying a house, yeah. it's, you're you're wasting that that valuable time. Real estate is a, a is a much harder business than people realize because the house part, the negotiating the contracts, that's that's not extremely difficult if you you know if you develop some skill there, you're doing pretty well. The hard part's finding the clients. Mm-hmm. That's why everybody's spending cabillions of dollars on these lead generation yeah. programs. You know, I won't name any names for the sake of uh, when this podcast has a zillion viewers. (laughs) I don't want to have a zillion uh, (laughs) angry people. Yeah, about a a Zeb site. (laughs) 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 Um, All right, man. Well, hey, Chris, I want to have you back on again. Uh, I just wanted to kind of get a a feel for, you know, what you're doing as a dad uh, in real estate. How does that affect your how does that affect your day now that you have a child? So when you started the business, you didn't have a kid, right? Now you have a kid and you guys are going to probably have another kid. So what is the, your wife quit her job, right? So how did this all play out? How do you manage all that stuff? Well, one, it's an intense amount of pressure. It's a two year old too. So, you know, you have this, when I got married, my wife had a job, she had a good stable job. So um, she wasn't financially dependent on me. Yeah, you know, we get together, we commingle our finances, we start becoming codependent on each other for, you know, basic necessities and all that stuff. But when you have a child, that child literally doesn't eat unless you work, right? So it's a totally different dynamic of, you know, before I had a child, making money was about buying fast cars and uh, <laughs> right. going on great trips and all that. Now it's just like, man, I got college to pay for, right. you know, like I got to take care of this little girl. Do you I think, sure she do you think people she should just have a kid instead of quitting their job? Will that help <laughs> yeah. motivate them? It's a, it's a hell of a motivation. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. That. It's one of those crazy. Uh, I don't know. We're really excited to have this dads in real estate. I'm glad I, you know, you're with us because you're just so good at connecting with people and I want to do fundraisers and, and I want to get the community together. You know, this is for agents anywhere in the Valley. This is lenders, title companies, investors, home inspectors, appraisers, whoever's in real estate. Mm-hmm. And just specifically focused on the dads so that we can do something different yeah. that maybe makes an impact. I don't know how big of an impact we can do. It isn't going to be Haley's Heroes, you know, where you you made such a significant impact over there. But what if we could put something together like that out here? You're you're putting a limit on yourself, man. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not yeah. myself though. It's the group. Like I, we have to all come together and. I'm I'm gonna tell you, buddy. Like I, you know, when I started uh, my different social media platforms, if you'd have told me that I'd reach 80 million people a week, I'd have told you you were crazy. If you'd have told me that you know, I'd raise a um, hundred thousand dollars a year for charity and people, I I wouldn't be able to you know. I'd be like, you're, you've lost your mind. I've got a buddy that's <laughs> uh, been in business for three years, and he is knocking on the door of a million dollars given away being in business for three years. So there is no limit to this, man. Like, you know, this is a good idea you had. And well, you, I'm you, hoping that we can you all have a good heart. So, you know. Yeah, I'm hoping no, I'm hoping we could put something together where we can do make an impact. Um I like to donate to charities and stuff and I like to do things, but you can only do so much on your own and and the power. I mean, if we even got this group to a couple hundred guys that are willing to go out and do things like, you know, maybe home repairs or 
land maintenance of some sort in a big field of, of grass or maybe a house is distressed mm-hmm. and we all come together. You know, there's all kinds of different things we can do. Uh, raising money, doing charitable events. We're going to do a poker night. So um, we're going to have that May 31st here at Revelation Real Estate at the Forum. Awesome. So we're going to have our own dads in real estate section, and it's open to the public. Uh, I believe you have to register to get in, but uh, that's one of the events we're going to do, and and it would be nice to just raise some money from that and maybe donate it. So, um, all right, we got to get going, but I'm going to give you the 60-second uh, crash here to um, see see if how fast you can answer and if they're if they're funny or not. So, um, do you believe in aliens? No. Okay. Um, do you believe that we landed on the moon? Yes. Okay. Do you go to a bar or what go to bar or restaurant do you go to out here for barbecue? For barbecue. Yeah. Ugh. Mr. Alabama. Southern barbecue. Bro, there's not one. I hate to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing out here? Nothing. You just don't eat barbecue anymore. I, okay. I'll occasionally get some famous Dave's or something like that. But how Joe, many, Actually, let me take that back. Joe's Barbecue and Gilbert. Yeah, Dave's Joe's barbecue. is good. Joe's is legit. Uh, okay, here's one. How many items a week do you buy off Amazon? <laughs> Man. At least seven or eight. Yeah. At least. At least one a day. I yeah. feel like I sign in and I have anxiety if I don't at least buy one item. Uh, what's your best childhood memory? My best childhood memory. That one's easy. So I grew up poor. Um, we've had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family did not have money. My dad worked three jobs to make $22,000 a year to support a family of five. Right. <sighs> so we didn't have a lot. But I had always wanted a go-kart. You know, wanted one so bad. <laughs> so when I was like six or seven, we were living in this rental house, and I, I came in on my birthday, and there was this. You, do you remember those blankets from the eighties that were like kind of fuzzy and like weird colors? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. So we had a bright green fuzzy blanket, <laughs> and it was just like laying in the middle of the over something in the middle of the uh, oh. living room. And so my family couldn't. I mean, my parents couldn't even afford to like buy wrapping paper, right? Right. So I go over there and. Uh, they're like, hey, pull that off, and I pull it off, and it's a go kart. Now it's old, it's beat up, like, but still, man, just that seen was it. the greatest thing I ever got, <laughs> you know. And my dad, you know, God love him, he he probably worked, who knows how much overtime to pay for that, um, but it was it was just amazing. It was so much fun, and I ran that thing in the ground. <laughs> I tore I tore it up. But That's it awesome. <laughs> it just goes to show you that you know, no matter what you make. Mm-hmm. You know, you always make your kids happy somehow. So, mm-hmm. all right, Chris. Well, thanks for sharing your story, man. I got to go uh, get to work now. So I don't know what you're doing. We're going to have probably more beers today. And uh, I like beers. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if you, you're okay with your, hold on. Oh, your audience, they want to say goodbye. Standing ovation, Chris. All right. We'll talk all right, to you later, John, man. Dad's in real estate, keeping it realtor. Check me out on YouTube.